Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com. And be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7, 365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness, and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. I'm really excited today. Allie Rosen is our guest. And Allie, as you may or may not know, is the founder and host of Potluck with Allie Rosen. It's a television show and website dedicated to sharing the best and brightest in food. Potluck was nominated for an Emmy as well as two IACP awards. Allie was named as Forbes one of 30 under 30 in food and drink. So Forbes magazine named her one of their their top 30 under 30. She is from Charleston, South Carolina, but she's now living with her family in New York. She is out with her new cookbook, Bring It, Tried and True Recipes for Potluck and Casual Entertaining, and we're really happy to have Allie on. So thanks, Allie, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So the term potluck, it doesn't sound stuffy or formal in any way. And your book really conveys that spirit. It's really a warm book. It's, um, it's, there's a sense of family attached to it. Was that kind of the feeling you were trying to go for? Yeah, I mean, in my work, you know, I spend a lot of time with chefs and I have an opportunity to eat a lot of really, you know, amazing, complicated food. But in my home life, you know, I am all about things that are easy but fun and vibrant and really trying to bring family together and friends. And so this book was kind of a culmination of years of learning, um, you know, through my work, but also just from kind of the way that I cook. Because I think that we all today, you know, we like to host in more casual ways. We like to have dinner parties where everybody brings something. We like to kind of sit around the table. So, yeah, this book is really kind of a labor of love of the way that I cook. And, you know, I think that a lot of people today are cooking. Well, potluck, I grew up with parents who were from the South. And potluck was really a part of our tradition, even though I was born and raised in California. My parents came from Tennessee to uh, Southern California. We were involved in church and every once a month, I think it was, there would be some type of potluck. So, and everybody would bring some uh, after church or if there was a wedding or a funeral or a baby or anything else, there there was always this sense of of the community coming together and bringing some type of dish. As a child, I always looked forward to that because we got to sample so many new and different things. And I guess that I, I, I don't really go to church unfortunately as much as I used to when I was a child but I don't know if churches are still doing that but but we've kind of brought that concept into our everyday living with our own smaller communities within our neighborhood and friends like you were talking about we're instead of kind of having dinner parties we're having kind of get-togethers with with friends and and everyone's bringing something yeah, I think the world is, you know, gotten so complicated, you know, with everybody working more and on their phones all the time. And, 
you know, I think that a formal dinner party for most people just feels kind of exhausting, you know. So I think as we have in restaurants kind of moved towards shared plates, you know, we're also kind of moving at home towards shared meals and gatherings. And, yeah, I mean, I think when people think of the word potluck, they do tend to think of that, like, church basement potluck or the school potluck. And those still obviously things that people do. But I also want to kind of broaden the term because I think people look at this and they go, oh, well, like, I don't, you know, I'm not a member of a church or I'm not, you know, a part of a, you know, athletic team where we do these types of things. And, you know, when you actually back up and you say, well, think about, you know, hey, if you had a bunch of friends over for the Super Bowl or for the Oscars or something, you know, you're probably all bringing something. And so this is kind of speaking to those types of group gatherings and group dinners um, that are kind of just becoming more prevalent in our lives. Well, it it really exposes us when we ask our, our friends to participate. And, and, and I'm from the camp that I do think that people are willing to help and will participate if asked. So why put all of that on, on the host or hostesses to just do everything when, when I, when I really, really do believe that people are willing and want to, to help. So it cuts down on cleanup because usually people will take their dish with them when they leave. So that helps. Oh, yeah. It helps on cost because you're not having to provide everything. Uh, everybody's participatory in that. And then it exposes us to new dishes that, that maybe are out of our comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. And I think that people tend to, you know, fear cooking. Like people think like, Oh God, you know, I can just run to the store and buy some prepared something because they're worried about their friends judging them or they're worried they don't have time. And, you know, kind of what I wanted to dispel and bring it is that, like, you can bring something great that takes you under 30 minutes to make. You know, everything that's good doesn't have to be time-consuming. Um, so, you know, I, I think this idea of, like, you know, getting together and having it be filled with dread is kind of like, it, it's not the point. You know, the point is it's supposed to be fun. So, you know, the book is really trying to have recipes that are, you know, fun and easy and look great and make you look impressive without actually having to do a lot of work. Well, and you kind of talk us through that because one of the things that people worry about is how do I transport it? How do I store it? What if it needs reheated when I get there? And you really talk us through a lot of those issues while you're showing us different dishes that that we can make and take. Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest things for me about this book was not just the idea of, okay, you know, we have these ideas in our mind of what can travel, right? Like, you know, casserole dishes and salads and cookies. But, you know, I really started playing around and saying, like, well, you know, why can't we have a protein or a meat, you know, at, at room temperature? I mean, what's so bad about that, you know? And, hey, if we have something like short ribs that cooks a long time, you know, would it really be so bad if it cooked a little longer to reheat? So a lot of what this book was for me was an exploration of, you know, getting away from this idea that, like, Dinner has to be set on the table right while it's hot, and that's the only way that food is good. Because a lot of what I learned in my work is so much of restaurant food and so much of the food that chefs cook is prepped and made so that it's almost ready and then just finished at the end. So I wanted to bring some of that into the book of, okay, you know, chefs and restaurants are doing this all the time. You know, why can't we do it and incorporate it into our everyday cooking? Yeah, and it takes that stress or that dread, as you were saying, off of having people at your home because you're not 
part of the fun is having um, having people at your home is being able to share and talk and enjoy what's going on. If you're trapped in the kitchen trying to get all this food and you're under this stress deadline, it's no fun for you, and you're probably not going to want to do it as often. But what what I have found a lot of times is by by the time that I'm done cooking, I'm done cleaning up. And I'm ready to sit down. Everyone else is ready to leave. They're all leaving. I'm like, where are you going? I just got to the point where I can sit down and and enjoy the rest of the evening with you, and you're all taken off now. Uh, so it, it, it's really a way to be able to participate quicker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no reason why the host should not get to enjoy dinner. You know, there. You know, for me, I always try to have as much done as possible beforehand because if I'm hosting people. I want to have a good time. You know, a lot of it is about hosting and making people feel special, but you know, you're not going to do it as often if you don't enjoy yourself. So the more that you can do ahead and the more that you can kind of think through like, okay, what dishes can be, you know, served at room temperature or what things can be heated up quickly, you know, then you're going to actually enjoy yourself. So a lot of these dishes are great for potlucks. They're also great for dinner parties of just like, all right, I want to make stuff ahead and I don't want to be stressed out. You know, what do I make? Because that I think is something that we all face when we have people over. Well, one of the great recipes that that you have in here, which I absolutely love and talk about having people over and everybody being participatory is your seafood paella-ish. Paella is a really (laughs) great dish to have when, when you're having a lot of people around and you can all be together and gather around and eat and you took it a little bit you you, you tweaked it a little bit yeah I mean it, it's yeah the title of you know we went back and forth on the title of this because I think it started out as a very non-traditional please don't hate me everyone who's Spanish paella and then you know we ended up on paella-ish <laughs> but I mean you know I think that with a lot of you know recipes that are traditional you know they're made to be a certain way and Spanish paella is one of my absolute favorite dishes but it it requires quite a lot it requires a certain type of pan it requires a certain type of rice and it also has a lot of um, seafood in it that requires shelling you know and it makes it look beautiful but you know you have to have somewhere to put those shells it makes it harder to have at a party so I really wanted to come up with an idea for paella that sort of fed into that idea of this giant rice dish that everyone can just scoop some out and has a little bit of crusty on the bottom, um, but, you know, is a little easier to serve and also, you know, has ingredients in it that don't overcook quite as easily um, because I think that's often the fear with seafood in general. Um, And paella is also great at room temperature. You know, it's great hot. It's great at room temperature. It's great cold. So, you know, make a giant batch of it and it's, it's kind of foolproof. And it's, there's something about that, I don't know, gathering spot of, of the food. Mm-hmm. There's so much that happens around the food. Everybody gathers around the food. And so there's a lot of talking. There's there's so much information that transpires. It breaks down barriers. If there's somebody new to the group or there's someone who might be a little more um, uh reserved or shy food has a way of breaking down those barriers and it's instantly a common bond with 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 people if, if you don't know anything about that person uh you can watch by what they're eating hey that's great do you like it i like it it really breaks down so many barriers and it's just a a, a welcoming way of getting to know people as well or getting to know people better 
Yeah, I mean, listen, if everybody brings a dish, then everybody walks in with a story, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, food is our common language, and everybody has traditions, and then everybody likes to experiment and try new things. So if you have a party where everybody gets to showcase something that's their own, you have an opportunity to learn something about your guests and to learn about the type of food that they like and what ingredients they like and what their tips and tricks are. I mean, you know, we live in a very, very heightened political age right now. And I think that, you know, oftentimes it's hard to come together around anything. And, you know, food is really the common denominator that we all have. And so when you give people the opportunity to share in that, you're creating a scenario where you can actually, you know, learn a lot more about either new people or friends you've had for a long time. Absolutely. No, you're you're absolutely right. And I've gotten to where I've noticed that that, that people – don't want to go there politically at, at their social events. And so there's already people kind of feeling like they're walking around a little bit on eggshells. Don't ask me any questions. Uh, you know. um, yeah. So food has, is definitely, it gives you a whole different subject of conversation and you don't even have to um, open up any other, any other doors if, if you don't want. But what I, what I like about this book too is, is you break it down. So maybe when someone's asking you, hey, you know, we're going to have a get together, we're going to have a party over our house, what would you like to bring? I always say, oh, I'll bring an appetizer because that's what I'm comfortable with. I have my go-to appetizer. And for a long time, I was really known for that appetizer. I was so proud of it. And, but people started asking me the recipe. And I'll tell you, I didn't want to not give them the recipe because I was greedy with it or it was, <sighs> I can have this and you can't. I didn't have any other thing to make. And so <laughs> if I give it to them, they're going to start making it. And then what am I down to? I'm down to nothing. So what I really loved was you had some really great appetizers to start out with for someone like me who's not really wanting to bring um, or hadn't been wanting to bring, unless it was at my house, you know, a more meatier, bolder dish. It gave me some, because my recipe's starting to, to get out, it gave me something new. It's like, oh, she used to be known for this, but look at now she's bringing this. And it was um, very, it was a happy moment for me to see I can accomplish that appetizer. I could bring that appetizer. That would turn some heads. And, yeah, uh, and that's really the goal of the book is for people to look at it and say, oh, I could do that. Or like, oh, that's not so hard. You know, I often flip through cookbooks and I think, oh, that's beautiful, but I'm never going to take the time to make that. And really, you know, I wanted to have recipes where everybody said like, oh, I can do that. Or, you know, mm-hmm. that's pretty, but it's not complicated. You know, there's an appetizer for these salmon cucumbers that I love, which are like, you know, the cucumber sort of serves as like a cracker and then there's a salmon dish on top well it's super easy to make it and you know you you cook a little bit of salmon with a little bit of stuff in it but mostly it's just about that presentation and anybody could make it you know there's an egg salad with sort of roe on top it's really beautiful but again not that complicated so I think when you're trying to bring those appetizers or hors d'oeuvres you know you want to have something that travels well that's easy and that will kind of make people take a step back, but you also don't want to spend all day making it because you're not making the main course. You know, you're not having the centerpiece of the show. So, you know, you you really don't want to spend all day on it. So it's finding those middle grounds where it looks really beautiful, but isn't quite as complicated that I think is that sweet spot. And yeah, having, you know, not being known for something every single time, you know, listen, if people love what you're making, then great, you know, but having something new is more fun for you to make. 
That's right. And it it walks us through that for the appetizer. Then it moves us in the salad. And I saw some salads. I'm like, I might could move up to the salad, girl. I might <laughs> could because <laughs> instead of being the appetizer person, I might could be the salad person because I really like the cauliflower salad with lime and uh, turmeric. It's that looked really, really good. And there was so many, the, um, the uh, tomato orzo salad, that looked really good. There, the kale salad, I, I really love kale. Not everybody does, but, but I, I really like kale. So there were so many different salads. And salads always seem either like I have to go to the store and buy a bag of salad and mix it up to have something good, or I have to be that person who really understands salads. And so this was the pictures are fantastic in this book, I might add. Um, but it's so uncomplicated that I really think that I can take on salad. Now, the dessert person is usually one of the most skilled persons coming to the uh, to the event if they're actually baking something or, or making something from home and, and not buying it. And the desserts were fantastic. Oh my gosh, you had amazing desserts in here, amazing meats and, and fishes, uh, amazing salads, and just uh, just so many things just seemed approachable. They just seemed like it was easy to, to work with, easy to make, and then the presentation, the way they leaped off the page just made it look that much more like something I would want to eat. Yeah, I mean, the big thing for me, especially with desserts, because I'm with you, like, I'm not a big baker, you know, I am, I do not have the patience for making something and then like crossing my fingers and hoping it will work out. So, you know, for me, as someone who also is not usually the dessert person, um, a lot of the recipes here are things that are, try to look impressive without actually being difficult. You know, one of my favorites is we have a s'mores bar which kind of takes the idea of this chocolate marshmallow graham cracker and makes it into these lovely little bars that you can cut into squares. And it's so easy to make. And every time I've made it, people are like, oh, my God, that's so, you know, different and cool and interesting. And I'm sitting there going, well, you know, it really didn't take me very long to do. So, you know, I think that having some of those back pocket recipes that are easy and don't require fear, you know, they don't require that, like, oh, my God, is this cake going to fall or is it going to be dry? Um, you need some of those desserts because, you know, sometimes you want to make the sweet thing. Sometimes you want to have mm-hmm. the thing at the end. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I'm not making a souffle and traveling across the city <laughs> with it, you know. So, you know, that's a, that's always been really important to me is, you know, easy desserts. Because I think people people think I'm either a baker or I'm not. And there's so many desserts that don't require traditional baking. Well, the great thing about the s'mores bars, you say they could be made up to two days ahead, and then it's almost mm-hmm. like a one-pan dish. So it's, and then you just can cut those once you either get to the event, um, out, out out of the pan, and then plate them, or you can plate them and put them out. However, you know your host or hostess is is doing things, but it's it's one one dish, easy to travel and easy to make and easy to make ahead of time. So you're not having to fix it that day, like, like a salad or usually an appetizer might have to be made like right before you leave. Yeah. And the secret with salads, I mean, the thing that I really explored is like, okay, you know, what is, what exactly is a salad, right? Like I think we think it has to like start with a lettuce and go from there. And actually, you know, a lot of salads can really just be something with vegetables that is cold, you know, that's a little lighter in stature. So, I mean, we have this carrot salad that has no lettuce. There's a buttermilk broccoli salad that has no lettuce. You know, the, the, 
the idea that, you know, there's a, a plum um, cucumber salad that's really kind of different and interesting and a little spicy. And, you know, you don't want to make a salad ahead that has a lot of leafy greens in it. Um, but, you know, it can be one of the easier things to make. And then it can hold often if you just leave, you know, what I found is if you just leave the dressing off until the end, you can often hold it longer than you might think. That's true. That's true. That's, that's, that's a good tip. And I wanted to ask you about the tarts, too, because you have some really well, just mouthwatering tarts in here. Can any of the tarts be made ahead of time and then frozen and then brought out later? Yeah, I mean, with tarts, you know, what I tend to do with tarts is, um, you know, the amount of time that you need to cook them is actually not that different if you freeze them. So you can make them ahead, you know, make your crust ahead put everything in them and then freeze them like that. And then you can just pop them in the oven and cook them. You know, if it's a 40 minute tart, usually it's ready in 45 or 50 minutes. Um, You know, freezing all the tarts in the book is actually a really good solution for them because they just, then you can have them ready to go and then pop them in the oven. I I find that cookie dough is another thing that freezes really well. Um, You know, there's a lot of items in here where you could say, like, okay, I'm going to make it ahead. The asparagus and goat cheese tart I've also frozen before before cooking it. You know, anything with puff pastry especially, you know, because it's sort of made to freeze, um, does really well in the freezer. And, yeah, then you can kind of have things ready to go if you're like, all right, I know I'm going to three parties. I'm just going to make three of these tarts and just leave two of them, you know, in there for the next ones I have. Um, It's it's a great solution. Yeah, it's. It's just tips like that 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 just make unwinding the the sometimes overwhelming situation seem so simple and so and so easy and and that's really what even me as a hostess when I'm having someone over I don't want someone to have to have stress about bringing something uh, I want them yeah. to have wanted to to do that just as I want to do what, whatever I'm, I'm doing for them when they come. I don't want it to be a stressful situation for anyone, not for me, and especially not for the guests who I'm asking to, to bring something. And that's really one great bring it, which is I, I need to let everyone know it's going to be available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You can go to Allie's website. We're going to have all of those, uh, that, all that information put up so that you can easily get it and it also makes a fantastic gift I love to give cookbooks as as gifts uh, because they're just so universal but I I don't want anyone ever to be stressed especially myself especially my guests at all for coming to the party because that's not what it's supposed to be about and so these are really simple there you have beautiful pictures alongside us a lot of them to give us you know, um, it's almost a visual taste of what it's going to look like, what it's going to taste like, what it's going to feel like. Whoever did your uh, your photography with this book just did an amazing job. They almost seem like paintings almost, you know. I mean, oh, the, the food is, is so beautiful. Well, what we I had a really amazing team of Noah Fex, who's a great photographer, and he's done a lot of cookbooks. He actually has another cookbook coming out this spring called the L.A. Cookbook that he did as well, and uh, the woman who styled it, Ashton Keith, is amazing. And the thing that I said to both of them at the beginning is, listen, I want to eat all of this food at the end. You know, we're not, there's no tweezers. There's no, you know, we're not spraying it with anything. I mean, this is, this is the best version of the food. I mean, surely, you know, I think Ashton made it look as beautiful as it could. 
Um, but, you know, it was really important to me that this is what it looks like, you know, because I think sometimes the most disappointing thing about a cookbook is when you make something and then there's no way that the recipe can match the photo because, of course, the stylist has tweaked the recipe so much to make the photo more beautiful, you know, that <laughs> that it's not realistic. And so this mm-hmm. is really, you know, every photo is, is what, it, you know, you may not have the same uh, plates or accessories, but, you know, we even had, there's a cherry tomato tart in the book and Ashton had lined up all the tomatoes really beautifully. And I said, no, you know, it has to be messy because that's, you know, that's the easiest way to do it. And she said, no, but it'll look so much prettier if they're all in a straight line. I said, yeah, but nobody's going to do that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, oh, who wants to like line up all their tomatoes? So yeah. So the, the, the thing that I can promise people is that they can, you know, if you can make it from the book and it can look like this because we really, we, we had a very good time eating all the food after the photo shoot. <laughs> I bet you did. I bet you did. Well, you know, we all go to Pinterest and kind of get lost in that rabbit hole of just going, you know, looking at food, looking at food, looking at food. And then because the pictures are so lovely, but then if you find the recipe, it's usually like four pages long. And that's what I love about your pictures is because it's like Pinterest. You can look at the pictures and it's beautiful. But then when you look over on the page next to it, there's like four or five, six ingredients. You're like, I have cauliflower. I have olive oil I have salt you know that's easy that that is just something I could absolutely rack my brain around and so it's it, it's it's just not pages and pages and pages of uh, recipes and ingredients you've never heard of this is all stuff that basically you're going to have in your home which is going to be very easy to obtain yeah I mean that was a big thing for me and I would call friends and family in other parts of the country and say hey you know next time you're at your grocery store can you check if this ingredient is there, you know, because there were a lot of moments where, you know, living in New York, you know, we have kind of different ingredients sometimes. And, you know, my family does in Charleston or, you know, I have family in Seattle as well. You know, you just, I spent a lot of time thinking like, okay, if this ingredient is not mainstream enough, then, you know, it really doesn't work. And there were a couple of ingredients that I couldn't give up, but all of, you know, any ingredient that you wouldn't necessarily find, you know, at your local grocery store, um, is shelf stable and can be ordered on Amazon. Like there's a fish recipe with tamarind paste, which I like is one of my favorite back pocket ingredients. So, you know, every recipe in this book is very easy to make. And that was, that was something that was important to me because I had a lot of recipes that I had thought a lot about. And when I started to do testing for them, I just thought, God, I don't want to spend the time to make this. So who else is going to, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. if I don't want to do it. Why would you want to do it? <laughs> well, you were recently on the Harry Connick Jr. show, and you made your short ribs with the quick pickled shallots. And I want everyone to know that's in this book. So if they saw you on Harry Connick Jr. show, and they saw you making the short ribs, and you talked a lot about the quick pickled shallots, that is right here in, in this book. Yeah, that's a recipe that I make for my sister for her birthday every year, um, because she loves short ribs. But I find that sometimes they can be so heavy so those shallots are really easy, and they pickle in the amount of time it takes to make the short ribs. So it's really, you know, another one of those kind of add a little bit something special on top that makes you think twice about the recipe, but actually doesn't take that long to make. Yeah, and I he was really surprised because he, he was thinking that your pickling process was probably going to take a week or two weeks or something, and it really just took the amount of time for the for the pickling process to happen as it did for the short ribs to be complete. Yeah. And I think that, you know, a lot of cooking, you know, people, people get an idea in their mind about what something is supposed to be. And, you know, we can find a lot of tricks 
around that. You know, pickling, yeah, you can do it for months, but you can also do it for a few hours and get some really great zing on your dish. And so, you know, that's one of the things that I'm always looking for, you know, when I'm learning about new recipes and tricks is, you know, how can I make this easier so that I actually make it at home, you know, as opposed to just like, you know, all right, that looks really great, but I'm not going to spend the time on it. Exactly. Exactly. Maybe someone else will buy, will, will bring it and then I can eat it. A lot of times I think right. that I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, they would do it, but I am definitely not going to, I'm not pickling shallots for a week to then put on my short ribs later. Like it's just, that's just not something I have time for. And I think most people kind of feel that way. Exactly. But three hours while the ribs are getting done, that's completely doable. And I will say people will be impressed with that because there is nothing better than everybody liking your dish. And that's what it really boils down to is not only do you love it, but you want everyone else to love it. And there's a really great feeling that that comes back when people do enjoy your dish. And that's what I love about Bring It is because it really sets you up to have that experience of not only you loving the dish, but but sharing it and everybody loving it with you. Yeah, this was tested on the harshest of critics, uh, my siblings. We had dinner every (laughs) Thursday night. And, you know, I would say, these are the recipes I'm working on. What do you guys think? And, you know, they were very harsh. I mean, in the way that only family can be. And if they were not excited about something, it did not make it into the book. I mean, so, you know, these were really tested on, you know, only the harshest of critics. So, (laughs) you know, it's it's tested. And by people who have very different palates, you know. I mean, I'm, as somebody who, you know, writes about food and hosts a show about food, I tend to like things that are a little bit quirkier and weirder and, you know, my brother and my brother-in-law are very meat and potatoes kind of guys. And, you know, I would always find that, like, if the three of us could agree on something, then that really means that everybody would, you know. So I think a lot of this is also about finding things that are crowd pleasers, no matter what type of people you have. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Because you are taking a risk when you take something over to someone else's house, um, especially if you're not familiar with everyone who's going to be there. Maybe just have a, a, a vague familiarity, maybe their acquaintance, something like that. But if they can survive the family, because you're right, your family will absolutely tell you, especially children. Children will not lie. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. <laughs> when it passes the, the, the family test, you have a pretty good shot of taking it out in, into the world or, or bringing the world in, into your house. So I, it's a fantastic book. It's called Bring It. It's available. We're going to put up um, Allie's information, potluckwithallie.com is where you can go. The book is actually released, I believe, March 13th. But it's available for pre-order now. In fact, I looked at the yeah. pre-order on Amazon. It was doing very, very well. So people are hearing about it and they're buying it and they're pre-ordering it. So I really appreciate, Ellie, you taking the time. I know you're very busy to come on and, and talk a little bit about it with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Well, the book's called Bring It, Tried and True Recipes for Potluck and Casual Entertaining. Casual Entertaining is what most of us are doing these days. And I really encourage you to go out and find it. Thanks, Allie, for coming on. And we'll be back in just a moment.
just let that go to voicemail. Oh, hey, Bell, I hope you're well. from right here in Seattle. That was his Southern Belle. And we want to thank again Allie Rosen, our own little Southern Belle from Charleston, South Carolina, now living in New York City, who was on today. Her new book, Bring It, Tried and True Recipes for Potlucks and Casual Entertaining, is out. You can go to Amazon and pre-order it. If you're listening to this after March 13th, it will be available right then. And you can also stay up with what Allie is doing and watch her shows. And keep up with her at potluckwithally.com. Thanks for joining us. And you know what? Venture out. Make it, take it, and then have some fun with it. I'll talk to you later. <laughs>